Our guest today is the founder of a Crypto Philanthropy Club, a club for crypto people who care and give, and is a marketing director at BitGreen, the sustainability blockchain. Her life's quest is to help the helpers and spread the ideas the world needs. She previously was the head of marketing at Parity Technology, as well as the marketing director at Floricopia. Her name is Alexandra Heller. Alex, welcome to We Belong Here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hi, Alex. So good to see you again. Uh, lovely to see you again. Yeah, it's been a while since Sub-Zero. I should say that we all met in person recently, and that's where we connected and met Alex, and we're like, oh my gosh, you're fabulous. We need to know <laughs> you more. And I had already written her down on, like, in my notepad on my phone to ask Alex to be a podcast guest, and then I got a text from Aaron I mean, maybe 20 minutes later, being like, ask Alex. She's great. She needs to be on the show. Yeah, I saw you. You're both were kind of sitting in one of the breakout areas chatting, and I was like, yeah, go ask. This should be a great guest. So I'm glad we were both on the same page yeah, on that one. Same mind. Your partnership inspires me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I instantaneously was drawn to you because, first off, you were hosting incredible programs while we were there. We were gathered together with a lot of like-minded folks to talk about Web3 technology, specifically Polkadot tech and blockchains building on top of the technology. And Alex, you were hosting really cool things that I just needed to be involved. I just wanted to know more and wanted to know the people that were attending those things. So maybe you can tell me about that particular area of interest of yours and then we can get started. <laughs> yeah, um, so Big Green hosted two breakfast events around Sub-Zero and one of them was Web3 and Impact and the other one was Women in Web3. And so um, Web3 and Impact, um, specifically, like I'm really interested in the regenerative finance space, often called hashtag refi, not to do with refinancing your house, but to, to do with, um, you know, how can we use uh, Web3 to um, make a more sustainable planet and how can we actually have sustainable financial infrastructure? Um, so that's been a real uh, passion of mine to, to realize and see all the really cool projects uh, working on that this year. So that was really neat to be able to have that. John Ellison from Refi Dow podcast was there, um, who's an incredible and very inspiring speaker. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was really drawn to everything. He, I was like, "What you're selling? I'm buying." Yes, and he he has a climate change science background, and so then he came into Web three not that long ago. So it's really actually interesting his path into Web3 and his his enthusiasm for it is really cool. And what I love about the refi space is that it's it's really, really different than what you see in most of, or in a lot of Web3, I would say, which is a lot of, you know, talk about pricey, prices and getting rich and Lambos uh -huh. and whatever. And I always found that really <laughs> not that interesting. And so this is like, speaks much more to my heart. And so I think that it reflects how Web3 can be utilized it's it's a it's a neutral technology and so it's really up to us to you know how to use it and what good we can create with it yeah i like the framing of that a whole lot and then yeah you also hosted a women in web3 brunch and that was wonderful to have a community of women in, in the space as well there's not a lot of us but it was great to see it and i mean we had a ton of people at that yeah that was actually that was really well attended i i felt a little bit awkward. I feel a little bit awkward about women in Web3 events because I think that I'm coming from going to uh, crypto conferences back in 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. where it was like kind of this like sideshow where you'd have the women in Web3 panel. And mm. I, I just right. felt like 
were like kind of like circus performers on a stage or something like come see the women over here and it's like what is going on here but I mean I do think like I had a really great experience at that event I met a lot of wonderful people the vibe was definitely very different than you know just a traditional web3 conference and so I kind of I think I warmed up to it but I still I think that there's a lot of nuance with that that I'm still kind of figuring out Absolutely. I mean, I think it's the question of, you know, to have an affinity group and to provide safe space for folks to have conversations versus, wait, but you're pulling them away and then they're not having a conversation in the wider pool of of folks. And so, or both. I mean, yeah, nuance is a good word for it. (laughs) You know, that's definitely something that I try to think about. So any you know, hints or tips you can give me on this or any kind of education wise on how whenever we are looking at creating these kind of events, especially as a man, I don't want to be pulling women away from from the event um, and making them some kind of sideshow. So what things should I be avoiding whenever? Cool. Ask Alex to be a representative of all women and ask her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I shouldn't Come ask on, that kind man. of question. It's the first no, thing I'm I mean, learning. Like, <laughs> okay. It's obvious, Aaron. Like it's don't make someone a token. Don't just pop a woman on the panel and call it a day. Right. You know, like yeah. there are, I, sorry, I should not say it's obvious, but like, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that my experience is coming from seeing, I, I was at a conference and there was a really nice like panel that was, that's very interesting. And a lot of people were attending. And then there was the, right after that, there was a women in web three panel. And you could tell that like they, they just couldn't get a lot of, it just didn't feel cohesive and the speakers didn't feel Mm -hmm. like they had a lot to say. Like maybe it was just like last minute, let's scramble, let's find, you know, some women, you know, whatever. And then, um, and then it just felt really awkward because like people wanted to get up and leave, but it's like, oh, but it's the women. And like, it's going to be bad if I leave for the, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it feels so awkward to Mm -hmm. me that I feel just like, uh, it just makes me feel really uncomfortable. And I think that, um, I think that, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'm still like really processing it all and I don't have a lot of recommendations. That's so valid. Intentionality, I guess, is the only thing I'm taking away from that then is like, it's, it can't just be, oh, let's just put some women on the stage because they're women. It's like, no, let's let's find women who are experts in this space that want to talk about yeah. this thing. Yeah, and if you're having a panel or a conversation to talk about the, something that is technical and you have someone on your team mm-hmm. that identifies as a woman, bring them on stage. Don't just bring them on because of their body that just seems wild (laughs) yeah anyway that is not what we are here to talk about sorry for the tangent i want to talk about your journey to web 3 and what that was like and what got you excited about it you know how'd you end up in lisbon as well how'd you end up at bit green and all of those things yeah tell let's take us back in time i found out about Bitcoin back back in the day back in the day um because i was trying to buy a book for from somebody and he wanted me to send him to pay him in bitcoin and this was before coinbase and everything and i was just Mm. like i don't know how to do this um but it kind of like flagged my interest and i paid him on paypal because that was easier um and Mm -hmm. he's like no i'll give you a free bitcoin like it's fine i'll i'll set you up and i'm like no 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 i'll just send you on paypal anyway um regrets and (laughs) and then um i started getting more uh interested in it when i was i was getting into investing and looking at diversified investing and I was looking for asset classes, especially I kind of realized that um, index stocks encompass a lot of companies that are doing things in the world that I don't necessarily agree with, like um, mm-hmm. weapons manufacturing or factory farming. And just like, I just don't yeah. necessarily want to be um, supporting or putting my, parking my money in that and making money from that. That feels really bad to me. 
Um, so then I was like, cool, like Bitcoin, um, Ether. Those were the options or is really like Bitcoin. And so I was like, okay, I'll um, buy some of this. I didn't know about proof of work because that has a mm. massive uh, carbon footprint. But anyway, that was, and then it became magical internet money just because of the time that I invested. And I was like, wow, this is life-changing. And I just got more and more interested in it. I ended up leaving my job um, in the mountains of California. Um, I became a digital nomad. That was the rage at the time, 2017. And then I was supposed to be, I was in Thailand and I was supposed to be working on my um, little like side business, like lifestyle business. That was also the rage. I was being very trendy. Oh, and yeah. then I, <laughs> all I wanted to do was attend Bitcoin meetups. Like all I was, that's all I was interested in. And I was always the only woman. If I felt very uncomfortable, um, mm. but that I was just like super, super passionate about it. Well, it had, it had afforded your lifestyle, right? Like it was yes. what was allowing you to pursue all these interests as well, it sounds like. So it was like, well, I want to know more. I want to learn about this. That makes sense to me. I really want to know how much the guy was charging in Bitcoin for the book. Like was this was this like the 10,000 Bitcoin pizza kind of like moment? Like was, was this like <laughs> you were about to pay what would be millions of dollars now at a time for a book like if this guy was just giving you a bitcoin like for free like that's what sixteen thousand dollars at the moment like how much was he charging per book in bitcoin <laughs> that's a great question so it was like 25 dollars. i think he was charging 25 dollars. i think bitcoin was at the time maybe 50 cents so wow like it was a lot of bitcoin i i really wish that i would have that story of like i actually paid um this much bitcoin for a book uh that's a really good point yeah that's wild so you were going to meetups and you, i imagine just like networking the heck out of that and meeting people mm -hmm. doing cool stuff yeah and i met the folks at giveth and they were like just presenting uh, giveth is a decentralized donation platform built on ethereum and uh, Griff Green was there. And I kind of like came up to to Quasia, one of their devs. And I was like, hey, can I help you? Can I like, I was just like, I just loved that they were, mm. you know, in crypto because Web3 wasn't a thing. That was not the term back then, uh, but they're no, no, doing no. something really, building something really cool um, on crypto that was actually doing something good for the world. Um, and they mm. were basically the whole premise is that it's allowing a much more seamless way for people to fund their projects. Um, you don't have to set up a whole nonprofit. Um, you can yeah. just like get donations and there's some kind of like verifiability. It's, it's super cool. It's still an active project. And so I came up to them and to Quasia and I was like, hey, um, you know, if you need any like blog posts written or anything, I can just like help. Mm. And he was just like, uh, okay, well, maybe. And then uh, <laughs> talked to Griff and Griff was, is just like an incredible, incredible person. And was like, yeah, come, like, why don't you, why don't you, we've got an office in Barcelona, why don't you come to Barcelona? And I was like, wow, okay, that's incredible and incredibly open of you. And so, so I did. And then he was putting on the Scaling Now conference. At the time, um, Giveth couldn't really transact because uh, CryptoKitties was clogging up the network. And so they were trying to have a scaling conference and Parity at the time was had the Parity Bridge. Um, and that was a project that was a scaling project. And so... Then I met the parody guys and I thought, wow, the, these people are so smart. And I just, and then I, again, this was the secret, the secret recipe apparently is I was like, hey, do you want, like, I can do some marketing for you or I can write a blog post. And they're like, yeah, sure. And then that's how I got, 
hired at Parody. You were early at Parody, I'm right. What was your number again? Uh, 54. I love that. That's so it's cool. Now a big company. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think what wonderful advice, right? If you're excited about something, you believe in it, you're curious to learn more, ask to get involved, ask to write a blog post. How beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I think especially, I think that it's helpful to, to whenever I, I talk to people who want to break into Web3, I always tell them mm -hmm. to go to conferences and to volunteer and just like start contributing. Because I think that a lot of the, what I've seen is a lot of the hiring managers are kind of overwhelmed. And, but if somebody's just mm. there and they're contributing and you can feel their positive energy, you kind of just want to reward that. And especially then people can mm. assess your skills without, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's hard as a, as a manager to kind of like assess people's skills. You know, do they just want, you know, are they in it for, for the right reasons or like, yeah. are they actually passionate about this? Um, since passion is so important in Web3, I would say. So yeah. I feel like, you know, not everybody has the time or the funding to do that, but you know that was that was helpful. I wasn't I wasn't necessarily qualified for <laughs> for these jobs, and you know, got me there. I'm sure we'll get to this, but you really you teased for a moment where you hadn't learned about what proof of work was yet, and you were kind of all in on Bitcoin. That had was your catalyst to enter into the space. What happened when you kind of put all that together and realized, like, oh no, the things I believe in aren't matching up with this in particular definitely yeah i mean i kind of was like oh should i you know sell all of it should i like i just didn't know really how to grapple with that or you know there's there's so much good about web3 and then there's also like it is a neutral technology you know mm -hmm. could create some sort of surveillance state sort of you know negative like dystopia so i think that i was also learning about that i had a, a crisis at one point working at parody where i was like this is neutral i like to work on things that are good <laughs> you know that are just good um but at the same at the same issue when i was working at uh, floricopia and you know we were it's a botanical product company and it's using botanical products to fund sustainable ecological development all over the world so it's really and preserve oh. endangered plant species so it's really incredible and yet you know everything's packaged as sustainably as possible but we sell everything in glass bottles with plastic tops right and i watched this documentary just about this island of birds and how they're eating plastic and they were dying and then their bodies would decay but then all the plastics would remain inside their skeleton and i just like it was like wow this is me like i'm just pushing out of the bottles my whole job is to sell as many bottles as possible and yeah. like you know that's just the nature of uh modern consumerism anyway so i'm just saying like i think that like looking at the shadow of what you're doing in the world is is really important and mm -hmm. i think it's also really important in web3 yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah it's always kind of been um like we've seen that in recent years a, a really big body contention especially in web2 um companies like like github um like one of, one of my old employers mongodb you know all these companies that are working with um, ICE was the big one for a while, you know, trying to get GitHub to drop ICE, trying to get like uh, MongoDB to drop ICE, trying to get very recently like Cloudflare to drop Kiwi Farms. Like there's all these kind of things of like some people arguing that tech should be apolitical. And some people saying that tech is inherently political. Mm -hmm. uh, how do we, is, yeah. is there any way we can avoid these situations in Web3 or is the decentralization and democratization going to make it even more difficult to get rid of the inherently political side of tech? Well, then I think that allows us to come to today. I would love to know more about what you do and what BitGreen itself is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so BitGreen is a blockchain for sustainability. We are built in the Polkadot network. Um, and so we are, it's, it's like a platform where we're trying to be a home for a lot of 
like ESG organizations or NGO organizations that want to do something um, in ESG on Web3. So making it like a friendly, awesome home. Um, also being a home for for sustainability in the Polkadot ecosystem. Um, but also we're building our own applications. So our flagship op- application is solving for some core issues in impact investment. So for example, uh, fungibility. Like if you are investing in a solar farm, um, you will likely be tying up your money for, for 10 years. Whereas if you can tokenize that and we're, we have a lot of like legal due diligence of tokenizing securities, then you can create secondary markets, you can have more flexibility with your investments. And that should, we're, you know, our hypothesis is that that would open up um, and unlock more capital for impact investing. And because there's a lot of, I th- my hypothesis, uh, or and maybe this is Bitgreens, but these are my words, not, not reflecting my <laughs> employers. We have so much capital in the world and there's a lot of really important sustainability projects. And it's just about, you know, how do we create the rails to these sustainability projects? It's not, I think, straightforward. And what is straightforward is to just invest in the, you know, Fortune 500 or Bitcoin, you know. But really what we need to, you know, have a habitable planet is to be funding these sustainability projects. So that's what Big Green, in my heart, is trying to solve, even though it's uh, more than that. And is that kind of the, the core reason then that you, you made the move from, because you, you were originally working at, at Parity, you're working kind of like on Polkadot, and now you're working on Big Green was built up on top of Polkadot. Was that your your experience? your experiences, you wanted to get more actively involved in one of these projects rather than, you know, platform that could be used for multiple different things. Yeah. I mean, I was really just trying to be more aligned with my values. I find that I have a lot of energy. I'm always trying to like follow my energy, like where, where do I have like passion for? And so I, for me, it's like, um, sustainability is very, very easy to, to have a lot of uh, passion for. And so I thought, okay, this is so, so great because it's coming from my experience with Polkadot and bringing all of that in, but it is in sustainability. So it just seemed like a, a really easy fit. Mm. I'm so happy you found it. <laughs> I know for me, I, I did a lot of research because Parity is my first Web3 job. <clears throat> I had a lot of skepticism, especially around the environmental impact of blockchain as well. And it was the the fact that Parity is like this nominated proof of stake was really the main selling point for me. Is that something Big Green looked at whenever they were looking at the, the blockchain technology they wanted to use, or was it a case of, oh, I know Polkadot, we're gonna we're gonna be using Polkadot? Uh, oh, so what was Big Green's journey to building on Polkadot? You're asking about? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So we wanted a blockchain, and definitely Substrate makes it pretty easy. Um, it definitely was yeah. a big sell that Polkadot has been cited as the proof of stake network with the lowest carbon footprint. It's built in Rust, which is um, one of the most energy um, efficient programming languages itself, which is just kind of interesting from a computer science standpoint. And um, so that was that was a selling point is a selling point, like we don't have to secure the whole chain ourselves. Um, We just plug into Polkadot. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things Good for us. And then we also, uh, the founders, uh, I wouldn't say, I wasn't part of this decision at this time, uh, but the founders ran into uh, Sean Tabrizi. And so he was very mm. compelling. <laughs> so I'd say it's like all of those factors combined. I love that. Um, as he is. Very cool. That's a fun background story I wasn't aware of. Thanks for sharing. I guess a question I have for you is two-pronged. You know, what problems do you still see within this Web3 space? And then conversely, what are you excited about for the future of Web3? And and like, what are the positives that you're, yeah, stoked on? Well, I feel like it's it's pretty easy in, in this part of the market to see what's wrong with Web3. And... Um, <laughs> You know, there's a lot of openness and freedom. 
um, just because it is the Wild West. But then that creates scams and that creates um, people Mm -hmm. like so many people lost money because they had funds on FTX or because Mm -hmm. um, because of Lunaterra. And that hurts. And it just hurts to be in the market. That is so um, I don't know if humans are meant to go through such booms and busts just psychologically so Mm. quickly. (laughs) I just like I um, I feel like. I want to start a psychological support network of just like people because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Just like if you are invested in the space um, to, to emotionally traverse it. Mm-hmm. And also I think that there's just a lot of greed and what I was hoping to do with crypto philanthropy club is to just change the conversation from greed to sufficiency say, okay, we have, you know, crypto, we can fund really cool projects and we can make, we can create a better world. Not everything needs to be on chain. <laughs> uh, we could just donate to existing proven organizations or it can be, it can all be on chain. Oh, that's, that's also cool. Oh, I'm happy to do Not that my too. philosophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more then about the Flam Free Club. Like what kind of, what kind of things are you, are currently being funded or, or what things you're hoping to fund in the future? Yeah. So right now it's just like, honestly, it was put a little bit on pause because I just got really involved with Bitgreen, but mm-hmm. it is podcast where first of all i'm just talking to people about you know what they're doing in kind of the blockchain for good space and then i am looking to talk to different projects and be like hey look at this um like there's this guy uh, pedro he worked with codadot to create like nf trees and basically he is um reforesting parts of uh, portugal and he oh, ha- cannot he's had he's really struggled to get funding and it's like this is a guy who's we need people to plant trees that's absolutely what we need as a species right now and the fact that this guy is struggling to get funding is like i'm just like i just want to cry i'm just like this this Mm -hmm. needs to change and he's also like he's a polka dot ambassador uh he's very plugged in creating nfts you know proving that they are planting the trees i know that when i talk to kind of more typical web3 people about giving, they're just like, well, how do I know that my donation is going to where where they say it's going? So I know that that's um, that's part of it. So that was also something that I wanted to explore with people. Unfortunately, mm. uh, SBF being involved with effective altruism has been a really um, sad thing to happen because now I feel like it's put effective altruism in question and all of philanthropy in question. And obviously, people can be you know be charlatans you know, in any, Mm -hmm. in any way. So I'm hoping maybe to use Crypto Philanthropy Club to, to just have a discussion about that and say, you know, still believe that people should, should give to effective causes. Yeah. And that's going to happen in any space. Like it's not just in Web3, it's not just in crypto. Like there, there has always been charlatans who have abused kind of charitable foundations and charitable status and things like that. And it's, it's awful. And and it's an unfortunate that people then point at it as a feeling of Web3 and not a feeling of people. Mm, totally 100 percent. but i do have to just comment as well you, you did say nf trees <laughs> i felt first of all that i misheard you and i'm like no this is actually a project like nf trees is great that's such a cool kind of idea i was just looking out there as we were talking as well the fact that you kind of you get this nft and it, it grows over time is such a, a cool little concept i really like that oh I did, I did hear somebody say once that if if trees were wi-fi hotspots, then we'd be planting them everywhere but instead, mm. they just produce oxygen that we need to live. Like, you know? Oh, no. That's a downer take on the world. I'm going to shift gears and transition smoothly into a question of what advice do you have for those that are wanting to transition into Web3 that you can share, Alex? Yeah. I mean, one thing is that there people feel like they need to know 
how to code or be really technical and absolutely not like there's so many like i have a hard time finding enough marketing people um in web3 mm. it's very niche it takes a long time to train people if i had a dollar for every time somebody asked me for referrals for uh marketing people in web3 i would have a lot of money especially if i didn't put it in lunaterra and um <laughs> would you have as much as the guy selling books for bitcoin <laughs> Oh, he's not, he's not over that. He, Aaron's going to be th talking about this for a long time, I, I can tell. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm immediately, as soon as we finish this recording, I'm going to go see if I can find what this book was. <laughs> or even just like, what what would the equivalent Bitcoin, what year was it, 2017? This was probably 2015 or 16. Uh, maybe it was 15. I'm going to look okay. back because I can find this, maybe I can find this interaction of me being like, that's okay, I don't want a free Bitcoin. Oh, gosh. We always do a second half of the episode just at the end to explain terms, terminology, etc. So if we can get an update, chef's kiss would love. Perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Okay, well then let's transition then into some rapid fire questions. Favorite app on your phone? Uh, definitely Endel. It's a um, music generating app and I listen to it for focus. It's um puts me into the state of focus and then I also listen to it for sleep as a white noise generator but it like does it's a little bit more special it plays like special tones to like have a cue so your body goes to sleep anyway this is rapid fire that's cool no that's <laughs> really cool that's very cool yeah I'm gonna be looking that up yeah I wrote it down in one word what is web3 to you um let's say power hmm. what is a non-tech passion of yours I love I guess it's tech, but I love animation. Yeah, I've been following your your animations that you post on your Twitter. They're very cool. Okay, this is this is something I struggle with. But how do you explain to your family what you do for work? So my my parents actually are really into Web three from an investment side. So Ooh. I don't really have to explain it to them. But it was funny that I was working on Polkadot for a long time before it like became big and I was like yeah but Polkadot and they'd be like whatever and then Polkadot kind of blew up and they're like and Polkadot you work on Polkadot and I'm like yeah yeah I've been I've been telling you this for a long time I I'm sorry that you're you had to hear it from a YouTuber who's not me uh oh to to like care I should have asked you when you were telling your story when you were looking to diversify funds what piqued your curiosity in that moment when you were you know looking at to make those investments in Bitcoin and, you know, index stocks in general. That is just, it's something I'm only tiptoeing towards towards understanding since entering the Web3 space, actually. But yeah, can you tell me more about where that curiosity comes from? I don't know. I think I'll, I was always like, oh, I need to save up for retirement. That's important. Apparently in Europe, like people seem like totally not as caring about this, but in the US, I feel like everybody has retirement anxiety. I guess it comes from being like a good social security kind of net <laughs> yeah. in Europe. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I was thinking about retirement. I read a book called How to Teach You. Oh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, which is a ridiculous title, but it's uh, by hey. Ramit Sethi, who's who's awesome. And I really liked his, his book. And he just talked about, he like makes it really, really simple. He has really good philosophy, in my opinion. He's not telling you to, to not buy your latte, which is good because that wouldn't work for me. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, I think he has a good sense of communicating about like what what does money mean to you how can you save and then like you know how can you invest it in a in a fairly easy way so that's kind of where oh. i began he didn't say buy bitcoin that was um, sure. something that i did when i didn't like the index stock recommendations i see mm. i see okay cool thank you for sharing those like getting started resources that is very helpful i, I realize that you know it's I recently became a parent, and so that is also why I've had to start thinking about these things for the future, and, and I absolutely should have been doing it beforehand, but yeah, 
I still feel like a newbie in this all. I will give it a read. Yeah. Thank you. And parents, if you're, and you're in the U.S., I would really encourage starting a college tuition fund. 529. We did it recently. <laughs> nice. But yes, there are other parents nice. that listen to this podcast, so I will not railroad you. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. But, um, but then, you know, like, do kids need more toys? Maybe, maybe not. But like, so like I'm contributing to my niece and nephew's uh, retirement account, like every birthday and every Christmas. And then, you know, hopefully that will... It's a cute idea. Because I think like, ultimately, having not student debt is the best, the best thing. So that's very kind. We're contributing into our, our childhood woman who is, is currently just about to turn nine months. So he has, a, we've got a little bit of time before we're looking at kind of colleges, universities, but I'm hoping that he won't use it. And we can just persuade him to go to Germany. Like he's got, he's got EU citizenship as well. It's like, go there, free education. And then we can take the money out of your 529 and spend it on ourselves and everybody okay. wins. Okay, <laughs> this isn't, this, we've gone too deep. No, 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 no. <laughs> Okay, rapid fire question. It's our child's education or boat fund. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Please I love that so much. Hush, Aaron. Um, <laughs> and what a great education on the sea. <laughs> on yeah, the ocean. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. We oh can teach God. them to sail. It'll be wonderful. What is something, Alex, you are excited to learn next? I, I mean, I'm really interested to dive deeper into what we can do as a society to be more sustainable and to mm. help combat, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're losing many, many species. We're losing essential biodiversity. The decisions that we make and the choices that we make um, really do make a difference to the future generations, but we didn't evolve to make choices as so many people, you know? And so that's the real mm. challenge of the modern times in my opinion. And so I'm kind of curious about like, how can we, use social media like social media can create so much harm but like could it create good could we inspire people to live differently to kind of turn away from consumer culture to yeah to, to kind of live more authentic sustainable lives and so that's mm. sort of like my open question right now and um mm. yeah i'm it's, it's really fun to pursue it it's really fun to um see what people are doing in the refi movement and how yeah. web three can be utilized for that yeah Fun. So we, we have another quick fire question that we normally ask people, which is what's a good book you've read recently? But I think I should point out, like, you have a whole section of this on your website, do you not? Mm. I do. I do have. I, ha I, I love reading. That's it's really fun. So I suppose we should tell everyone to check out your website. <laughs> yes. Our shout out for um, alexandraheller.com <laughs> and find out what her favorite, what she's, are, do, wait, do you have a, what you're reading section right now? Um, I don't, I tend to um, sort of post reviews or post like end of year book, in, book recommendations, but that's it. I mean, the one that I'm reading right now is How to Live a Committed Life mm -hmm. by Lynn Twist. And it's really, really inspiring. I think it speaks to like how you can feel empowered if you're coming from a, from a purpose larger than yourself. So I've been loving it. Cool. I highly recommend that one. I have to say, you were the, one of the most consistent on brand to what you believe in mm -hmm. and like a, a greater cause. Probably one of the most I've ever met as a human. I'm so impressed. Mm -hmm. You really just stick to your convictions. It's, it's inspiring. Yeah. I feel like I'm just like out here flailing. Sure. <laughs> 
Well, I'm feeling guilt about the amount of toys our baby got for Christmas. That you know, Oh, okay. This is not going to be um, therapy for me. I'm not going to do that right now. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm impressed by you. And I think we can all, dear listeners, I hope we can all take some advice from Alexandra today and just, yeah, just sprinkle it into our life a little bit, I think. That'd be really wonderful. You know, I think everyone's on a journey. I mean, I... I can, I was like, I'm going to be zero waste and I'm not, I'm not at one point. And that lasted like three days. I was like, oh, sure, I really want sure. a sandwich that's wrapped in, you know, I'm not vegan. <laughs> like there's, I think that we're all, you know, but I think just like awareness and just like a lot of like self forgiveness, I would say. And, and also compassion that our society is not set up in to be mm-hmm. sustainable at all. And so I think that if we can start with compassion and just mm-hmm. be inspired and do what feels good and not what feels like coming out of guilt, I think. <laughs> The evolution, not revolution approach. You know, if we can make like continuous it. small changes, we're more likely to stick with it than suddenly going, okay, I'm going to go zero waste and I'm going to do, recycle everything sure. and I'm going to, et cetera, et cetera. And then you make a mistake and you feel guilty and you drop everything. Totally. Well, I really like also that when asked, you know, what are you learning right now? It was, you gave me a question that just lives in your mind. And that is just with the new year coming and it being, you know, 2023, not a fresh slate per se, but, you know, let's all think about what we are curious to do better and, and to learn and to expand our minds on, I think is a really beautiful philosophy. So I appreciate you framing it that way for sure. Cool. Cool. Thank you. And that leads nicely into one of our final questions then is, do you have any like resources or things you want like listeners to check out, whether it's it's on um, some of the topics we talked about just there and I about living a more compassionate life or things about Bitgreen or your crypto funds pre-cup, anything really. As marketing director, I definitely need to direct everyone <laughs> to bitgreen.org <laughs> um, to check out Bitgreen, subscribe to the newsletter there. You know, it's it's a really cool project. The CEO's in, extremely inspiring. He came from uh, being director at angel list and yeah it's just like it's, it's good vibes i definitely love the refi dow podcast if you are interested in uh the refi corner of web3 yep. which i will say is the yummiest most like <laughs> lovely all the like i just love everybody in that space i just feel I'm like oh it's a bunch of people like me like a lot of times i felt like the web3 people aren't like me and so it's just like you know where people are are passionate about mm. about environment and stuff like that i think that also i would recommend lynn twist uh the soul of money i think that it's really interesting if you are in web3 i think a lot of it is pretty financially driven and so she's coming from money with a lens of sufficiency and i find that that is often completely opposite to a lot of what you hear in web3 and so i feel like i've had to decondition myself a bit from just being in web three it's it's so much greed and fomo and everybody's making more money than you and that can feel really painful sometimes so i think that that was a a wonderful message that that i really appreciated hearing i love that i will include that in the show notes for sure because i want to give that a read myself okay lastly where would can people find you online we've mentioned my blog alexandraheller.com um I post a lot of maybe TMI uh, blog posts there, Um, but just kind of like (laughs) reflecting on my thinking. Um, I am more active on Twitter than I probably should be. Um, So ALX, uh, at ALX Heller, uh, H-E-L-L-E-R. Crypto Philanthropy Club is cryptophilanthropy.club. That's about it. 
Amazing. Well, it has been such a joy. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today and posing some questions for our audience to think more about as well. That is really cool. Well, I'm so um, excited for all like what you're doing here. And I think that it's really inspiring. I had a really great conversation. And yeah, I, I just love the message of we belong here. I think that that's incredible. And definitely, I will say just just one last thing that I wanted to share is that when I was first breaking into crypto, as it was called at that time, it just felt really, really scary to, I felt, I really felt like I didn't belong being non-technical, being a woman, being much more feeling oriented than, you know, the more logic oriented mm. um, people. And so I think that your message is really important and I wish I had had it when I was starting getting into into the space. So thank you so much. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, I mean, I feel that currently, right? Like mm. I'm in that space right now. And so I do this selfishly almost where I want to talk to folks about like, well, what did you do? And how did you flip the switch to feel confident in this space? And for me right now, it feels like I'm just trying to learn as much as possible. I, I love not being an expert. I have no ego in it. Like I will explain what I don't understand, but it, as long as I'm documenting my learning and sharing it with other folks along for the journey, then I think hopefully it'll bring more players into the game because we do all belong in it. And yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Aaron, any final thoughts? No, this has been super fun um, episode to record. Really enjoyed our conversation. I have a lot of things I need to go look up um, and research as well. I have, I have many tabs open already and only 60% of them are about buying books of bitcoin so um <laughs> oh my god we had to end on that note of course thank you so much alexandra we really appreciate you being on the show and i hope you have a great rest of your day you too thank you so much thanks everybody bye bye okay so the show's not over now we have some time for aaron and i to define some concepts <laughs> yeah so we've had a couple of things that came up during that conversation of like I mean, terms. first of all, we should say how lovely that conversation with Alexander was, right? It, it was, but now I'm like, am I a man of my convictions? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's what she said. She said, don't have guilt for, you know, I don't think we should be feeling guilty because we're not as great as her. Because <laughs> let's admit it, we are not. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you're right. I mean, she... Man, I am impressed with her. I applaud her values and mm -hmm. passion. And I I said it in the episode, I think we can all learn from her and yeah, sprinkle her goodness into our lives is a goal of mine. Are you pausing because you hear our dog barking? In the yeah, I'm going to bring her inside and maybe like, can I just throw her in the canal? Is that okay? You know what? People <laughs> understand they have dogs. Y'all, it is not your dog barking in the background. It is our adorable golden retriever named Cub mm, who is soaking wet. And just went swimming and is a nuisance in our life, but we love her. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, no, I. it's important to me and you, I will speak for both of us, to address terms, definitions, and all those sort of things because it's a lot of new language mm -hmm. and we don't ever want to assume that listeners know exactly what <laughs> they all mean. Hey, a lot of the time I'm looking it up as well as, as our guests just speaking. It's like, oh, that one's new to me too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, for sure. Uh, there was one in particular today during our conversation. Oh, ESG. Did you know what that stood for? Um, is that that like extrasensory perception? Oh, it's ESP. Yeah. Oh my God. No, <laughs> uh, no, I did not know what that no, stood for. I had to look that up. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah. And any acronym you ever hear, 
uh, on the show, we will hopefully try our best to grab it and make sure we talk about it. But yeah, that's a definite one. It stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. So it is used to screen investments based on corporate policies and encourage companies to act responsibly and, you know, for the good, if you will, which I love. Is that like just a Web3 kind of term or is that like a general businessy term? It definitely was showing up in investment side of things. So I think it's financial side of the world, which also I should say, I was feeling incredibly financially illiterate during (laughs) that call. I don't know about you. I mean, I I said it at one point that like I've just started understanding investing. And and I was really hard on myself when and listening back to it, I want to like almost give myself a hug and be like, "No, no, no, but you also need wealth yeah. to understand investing. And when you're living paycheck to paycheck, you don't have the extra spare income to that's not necessarily true too like you can be navigating it and learning about it of course even when things are are hard times but i it just was not something that i knew much about and it is such a privilege now Mm -hmm. to be able to be learning about it more and yeah just understanding how to grow wealth in different ways so I don't know. I I was impressed that she was navigating investments so early on in her life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think right about that kind of time in my life, I was just looking at my bank account being like, can I afford to go to the pub? Like if I had enough money left on my paycheck to pay my bills, my rent and stuff to go for a night out, like that was a win at that point. Yeah, no, and I guess that's kind of what I, I, I really identify with that as well. And I was a teacher. I just did not have that extra fund to be even looking at Index 500, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't have the opportunity to say, oh, I don't believe in the cause of these, so I'm going to understand yeah. Bitcoin. And I felt really embarrassed about that during the call. And so it's just so interesting now. Zoom out, think on it a little bit. I don't know. I think there is a lot of power in becoming more financially literate and understanding even just the benefits of <laughs> investing and whatnot. So yeah, I think it is really cool. Uh, she shared a lot of good resources yeah. and I really can't wait to dive into those. And yeah, I encourage listeners to as well. So you mentioned there one of the things that you invested in um, very early on was Bitcoin. And we, mm-hmm. we need to go back to that Bitcoin book. Like that was such a, <laughs> a big part of things for me. We just get it out of the Oh, way. wait, wait, shoot. We promised or she promised that we were going to get a follow-up on that. Yeah, we've not, not heard back from Juice yet. If we do... Well, obviously, we'll talk about it on like a future uh, in a future episode. episode but listeners, we should all message her <laughs> on Twitter or you know publicly ask. So it'll remind her. No, sorry, that sounds like public bullying. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean it kindly. Say like, oh, Alex, I loved your episode. We can't wait to hear about that more. I don't know. Never mind. Let's <laughs> not encourage our listeners to to go and like harass our guests for information. You know, mob mentality. I don't know. <laughs> But I did go and I looked up like the, the Bitcoin price for it. She said it was like 2012, 2013. Was that, was that kind of the time? It was a range of 15 to 17. She was 100% sure. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna say it probably wasn't then because like 2015 Bitcoin had gone to like $300. You know, it really kind of, it jumped a lot in 2014 and it went back down again and did that like as cryptocurrencies do, fluctuated a lot. But um, sure. I'm looking at kind of like 2012, 2013, when it was like maybe $5, maybe $10, mm. that kind of time. So like, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. You know, maybe a, a couple of Bitcoin or like two and a half Bitcoin for, you know, $25 book would, sure. would be kind of around then. But it does kind of mean then that like, I don't know, a Bitcoin's peak, I don't know, 20000 or something. Like 
that's a, a 50k book like that would be a hefty price to pay for a book that would need to like be i don't know you know how do you get rich quick kind of book that's just like yeah sell a book for bitcoin <laughs> like i don't know yeah that's inception like, yeah <laughs> recursion really we should also define proof of work which she mm -hmm. mentioned when speaking about bitcoin which is what caused her to have a lot of moral indecision and make the pivot then to find bit green ultimately her journey waxed a bit right and parody was yeah, in there yeah. as well but proof of work it is a consensus mechanism that mm -hmm. requires members of a network to expend effort solving an arbitrary mathematical puzzle to prevent anybody from gaming the system it was the was it the original consensus mechanism yeah yeah it was bitcoin's consensus mechanism so our okay. is bitcoin's consensus mechanism so Yes, thank you. And, it, and it's terrible for the environment. And, and you mentioned that that was what caused you to have a lot of similarly moral questions when making your switch into Web3. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we as a family had to really look into that, even as we began that conversation. But luckily, we found a nominated proof of stake technology within Polkadot. Mm -hmm. And so that was what was really exciting and interesting to us. Maybe we should do an episode in the future diving into the differences and just talking about consensus mechanisms in general. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, it's an interesting kind of thing to look at, especially as it is for a lot of people and was for us, you know, a reason to avoid kind of blockchain technologies is that exactly yeah they're awful for the environment or we're awful for the environment but thankfully we're seeing now like even ethereum and things are now moving towards this proof of stake rather than proof of work so right and it was a fun stat uh, when she shared that you know polka dot has the lowest carbon footprint mm -hmm. and i will include the source citation for that in the show notes if anyone wants to read more about that and then i also did a little diving into the claim that rust has the lowest carbon footprint as well as you know lowest energy etc and i can't come up to a final <laughs> truth statement on that it looks like c might be winning but it looks also like it's a hot debate around it and you know for me it felt really good to hear that because you and i have both recently become rust developers yeah. we've taught ourselves rust and i had oh a tricky learning journey with it it was complicated and a lot of new concepts mm -hmm. that i at moments i was getting frustrated <laughs> with it and it felt good to be like oh but you know what shining star this is why i'm doing it so i'm gonna just hold on to that and tell myself that it has the <laughs> lowest carbon footprint <laughs> yeah there's there's definitely reasons uh why rust is a great language for writing kind of smart contracts and, and blockchains and stuff like that but yeah it is there is definitely a learning curve there um especially compared to like so python etc like it yeah. yeah um i'm i'm enjoying rust like i'm lighting I'm, I'm like writing it and things, but I, I definitely think I'm not going to be completely binning Python going forward. There, there is a, it's a lot easier to, shall we say, like prototype something in other languages than it is to, to get something going quickly in Rust. Regardless, cool to add it to our role. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Tech stack. Uh, and then the only other thing I think we talked about, oh, was Sub-Zero, which was the event that we met Alex recently in Portugal, which was a conference for developers building on the Polkadot tech stack, you know, ranging from custom layer one blockchains to dApps and smart contracts, infrastructure tooling, cross-chain interoperability solutions and more. And it was so wonderful. It was our first Polkadot event. And I had a blast learning about parachains and meeting people <laughs> within the ecosystem. I think after that little spiel that we're going to need a whole episode just defining all the words that you used in that definition. Ooh, good call out. <laughs> totally fair. I mean, yeah, parachain is one in particular because that is specific within our industry, within our ecosystem, mm -hmm. right? It's the, it's the paralyzed chain 
No, paralyzed. <laughs> Parallelized. That's a difficult word. How do word. I say that word? How do I? Can, all right, mm, you try. Uh, I was going to say it's a parallel chain. I'm going to take off the eyes to make it easier. <laughs> Parallelized. Parallelized. <laughs> blockchains that connect to polka dots relay chain <laughs> yes there right? we go yeah that's they you might hear them previously referred to as shards yeah it, it, now i'm just in my head have i said have i been saying things totally <laughs> correct the whole time but whatever whatever roll with it yes and bit green is a parrot chain yeah yeah so if we if you think of like our polka dots relay chain as being like the the main chain the primary chain and then all the the para chains the parallel chains to that they can have like their own governance they can have like their own rules but they inherit kind of the safety and the security from the the relay chain and that's what she was speaking about why bitcoin made the choice to build on top of the polka dot tech so yeah i think hopefully that helps make things more clear and if they didn't I totally hear you. <laughs> I can empathize. And just stay with us, folks. Like, I promise we will continue defining things. If you got 1% of what we just said, then that's 1% more than maybe you did previously. I don't know. I think it's a journey. As she said, we are all on our own learning journey. And stay along. I promise there's value. <laughs> We're here for you. So whatever kind of things did we talk about during it then? My favorite part of the episode was her advice. When speaking specifically about her career trajectory, if you were looking for work, offer to volunteer your time, offer your services, whatever you bring to the table, whether it's coding, making a PR, or if you are someone like Alexandria, write a blog post for them and demonstrate to them how interested and stoked you are about what their mission is. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to make such a long-term impact for managers and hiring managers. So I, I loved that. Yeah, it was interesting to hear her say that they cannot find enough marketing people and those kind of folks in Web3 as well. Like they are, it's not just, Web3 is not just here for you know, developers and very mm -hmm. technical people, like there is opportunities in this space for non-technical people too, you know, for people who can bring something else to the table. I know she particularly mentioned marketing, uh, which makes sense, you know, with her role in, in Bitcoin and her previous role of Pirate, but I'm sure it's the same across the board. Like Web3 is still a pretty new space. It is still very much growing. Like there's going to be all of the same kind of roles and opportunities as there is, you know, as we're seeing kind of the Web2 space, like moving across line. Like DevRel is is brand new in web three like there is there's not a lot of people currently doing it but i know so many places are currently hiring for it wild wild west i think <laughs> yeah she referred to it. i mean and it's cool too she's been in the space she was an, i mean og player she's mm -hmm. been in it for a while for us as newbies it's cool to be able to connect with someone has been navigating it for a while now yeah there's not a lot of them in the space it's such so new like the finds me has been here um really since the beginning uh, that was kind of inspiring to hear her talk about things for sure yeah i think just like through the whole thing it was really inspirational to see that that the other side of web3 you know that web3 mm -hmm. what we see so much off in the news and like on socials and everything else is the the greed really like a lot of a lot of the negativity we see about the space, whether it be, you know, people pulling scams or, you know, people being like Bitcoin maximists because they're just like using it as a, mm -hmm. a value store is all stems from greed. And then you have somebody like Alex, you know, she's running this, you know, the philanthropy club, like she's really in the space trying to make things better. And, and she's not driven by 
personal financial gain. Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah. that is so unique and so kind of breath of fresh air, really, to to actually talk about it in those terms. Yeah, I hope that listeners go check out all the resources that she shared and go volunteer, go do something cool. <laughs> I think she it was it was even sweet when she was talking about how SBF, you know, being connected to effective altruism, like how yeah. disappointed she was of like no let's make positive impact like let's not get distracted by the negativity out there so let's all listen to alex and (laughs) make a change for the good yeah just try and follow her example where we can and on that note (laughs) we will see you all next time hopefully thanks for listening thank you bye love you love you too bye